What's up, everybody? We're back with another episode of Questionable for Sunday. It's championship week, the last week of the fantasy football season. Sad to see it go. Uh, For many of us, our seasons have already been over. Uh, Like my co-host here, Connor. Welcome back to the pod, Connor. It was uh, rough having you out last week. You know. Yeah, I listened to the podcast. It was <laughs> rough having me out last Sadly, week. Sadly, uh, food poisoning got you once again. Not sure what you're eating over there in Portland, but uh, have a little bit of worries about you. I'm back. Hey, Curtis is back. Excellent. We're recording. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. Eric just kept starting running with it. Let me tell you one thing. For those but, of yeah. you keeping track at home, in the last five months, I've had food poisoning four times. So I'm not really sure what's going on with me. Maybe I'm allergic to something. Maybe I'm allergic to bullshit because I feel like every time I get food poisoning, it's right after talking to Eric. Uh, I don't know about that one, but you know, maybe I have to run some tests. Um, but I'm not going to be the one administering those. Uh, Connor, Can I just say something really quickly, though, about the, the game that I missed? I was so pissed off that I had food poisoning, and I actually asked you guys if we could record the next day on the Thursday because I felt like I needed to go on the podcast and defend my honor after fucking losing to McCory, which you guys shouted me so hard. Hobie was giving me so much shit, and he wasn't doing it in like a funny way. He was just being rude, and it hurt my feelings. Love you, Hobie. All I'm going to say is that if – God damn it, dude. It was just so frustrating to watch my team flounder like that, you know, in the, in the face of everything I've done this year. You know, my team has been awesome. It's like, yeah, sometimes it's just, you know, Christian McCaffrey and all these other guys. But I really felt like I had a solid chance this year. If Rashad Penny didn't tear his ACL after his first catch, I think I would have been in the top. Yeah, shoulda, coulda, woulda. Sounds like the story of everyone who's not still alive season. Definitely. Well, actually, that's so three that's, out of uh, four people here are still alive. Right so now. enough, uh, enough of Connor's corner there. Uh, you'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll hear plenty of more from him today. But uh, we got two guests joining us, two very special guests. They're still duking it out this week. Our two toilet bowl participants. We got Tristan. Welcome. Let's fucking go, boys. And we got Curtis. Welcome back, both of you. Oh, hey, I'm back. Hey, guys, I'm back. Toilet bowl preview. Now, I, I actually got to be real honest with you guys. I'm real excited that it's Tristan versus Curtis. The only way this would have been better if Chris Smart was in the toilet bowl. However, the reason why I love this matchup right here is because this is the uh, the creative committee. You two are probably our most creative members of the league, and I cannot wait to see what you guys will do with the last place punishment. And I got to say, Tristan and Curtis, two great guests in their previous appearances on the pod. But obviously, two terrible fantasy teams as they find themselves duking it out, looking Awful. to avoid that last place punishment. Exactly. Uh, it's a that, good thing I'm going to create be myself 140 points this week. Sorry, Tristan. <laughs> hey, your projections are looking pretty good, but after that 90 you put up last week, I don't have super high hopes for you, and I think uh, <laughs> I think the squad's going to get it done. Matt Ryan and his wife are going to beat your ass. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna be looking for that chin. I'm definitely rooting for Matty Ice this weekend. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll have plenty more to say on the Topo matchup later, but let's first recap our two semifinal matchups. One really great game, another one uh, a little bit more lackluster, but uh, I was pretty pleased with the result. But let's start with our, our primetime matchup here, our two top scoring teams. That was the number one seed. Jerry taking on the number four seed, Hovey. And this one was a super high-scoring affair, our two high-scoring teams of the week. Jerry moves on to the championship with a 166 to 147.6-point victory. I mean, it, it started on Thursday night with this Lamar Jackson just 
having his highest scoring game of the season, scoring 37 points to get Jerry out to a very nice lead. And, you know, Hobie's team definitely made interesting, some big performances on his side. He had James Winston once again go over 30. And Mike Thomas, Chris Carson, and Joe Mixon all with huge days. But it wasn't enough as Jerry moves on to the championship for the second time of his time here in the EEIG. Um, not much of a surprise here. Jerry's team's been dominant all season. It's his third time beating Hovey. Uh, third time. Not, not much else to say here. For Hovey. Not much else to say here. I mean, Jerry's team's really been dominant all season. He kept it rolling in his first playoff matchup last week. Also, let's just note that after draft day, Jerry was projected by the ESPN gods to come in 10th and has moved all the way up the board into first with just dominating performance, the shrewd acquisitions. The kid's nice. Not only that, you know, shrewd acquisitions, sure, he's had a couple, but his starting roster this this week is exactly the same as the starting roster from week one minus one flex spot. I mean, the guy had an awesome draft, and the fact that ESPN projected him to go 10th place just goes to show you how dumb Matthew Barry is. <laughs> yeah, ESPN obviously doesn't know shit. Uh, you know, Lamar Jackson started the year projected kind of as like that bottom tier of the QB one. He's by far and away the number one player in fantasy this season. I mentioned earlier season high for him this last week, 37 on Thursday night against the Jets. Uh, Lamar now has 384.7 points this season. And uh, that's 74.6 more than the second highest quarterback Deshaun Watson. And uh, he's about 15 or 16 points ahead of Christian McCaffrey for that top spot. So in uh, an MVP season for Jackson, obviously, both on in the real NFL and in fantasy. And obviously, that's been huge and Jerry's success so far. Uh, also, you know, his receivers have been a big um, moving point for him all season. And that remains so. Last week, Tyreek Hill, Lockett, and Cooper Cup all catch touchdowns. Tyreek Hill had two touchdowns. And uh, we also talked about Nick Chubb going against Kareem Hunt for Hovey. Chubb outscores Hunt. 22.3 to 11.6. So a nice day for Chubb there. And I was just looking at Jerry's uh, average points per game this season. And then games, weeks where he's had games, so not counting the bye week. Jerry's team is averaging 128.14 points per game. So, I mean, just... Must be I mean, nice. I feel like we're just... Just only good things to say about Jerry's team at this point. Those are backyard sports numbers. Yeah, I mean, this... I mean, where's Pablo Sanchez? I think he's starting Jerry's flex this week. You know the squeak wheel. Kenny, Kenny Kawaguchi's on the bench, though. Kenny Kawaguchi. <laughs> yeah, I, think, uh, I think he's got Keisha, Keisha Phillips starting at nose tackle. All right, guys, we get it. You guys know one. all the people in backyard baseball. We get it. But, but we, got, we, got, we had a lot of good things to say about Jerry's team. you, you got to give some credit to Hovey's team. I mean, a great effort. 147.6 points. You would have had to think going into the week that if he would have scored that many points, he would have came out the victor. We mentioned Winston. He gets 32.6 points, a huge day for him. Joe Mixon with 17.1. Chris Carson um, with Rashad Penny going out. Sorry, Connor. 26.2 points. And Mike Thomas, 24.8 on Monday night. Just, just need one more big play on Monday maybe to make it interesting. Obviously, he lost Mike Evans the week before to injury. He was replacing with Bo Scarborough, who ended up being a late scratch and had to go to Larry Fitzgerald. He finishes with just 5.7 points, so kind of a lackluster 
um, effort from him and his flex spot. Yeah, it was uh, really those flex spots that let him down. But yeah, you know, Kareem Hunt with the solid day. But yeah, Larry Fitzgerald with twenty five point seven, and uh, you know, if he could have gotten a big performance out of whoever he went through there, it might have been enough to you know make things really interesting there against Jerry. But uh, gotta say, you know, it was a great season for Hovey. Obviously, finished as the second highest scoring team in the regular season. You know, really gave Jerry a, a tough matchup here in the semifinals. So, but unfortunately, he falls. He now is moving on to the third place game. Uh, and in our other matchup, not as high scoring as the first one, uh, but you know, the high seed remains victorious. Yours truly, the number two seed, takes down McCory, the number 16 seed, 114 to 89.5. And, uh, you know, it was a big day on in my lineup for Devontae Parker. He catches two touchdowns, and uh, he, you know, started the week questionable with concussion, but has a big day, finishes with 21.2 points. Travis Kelsey, with over 10 catches, gets me 19.7, and Carson Wentz goes for 21.5. And, uh, you know, it was obviously great for me to get the win. The fantasy gods still do exist, sending McCory's mediocre team into the the consolation bracket. Um, but but uh, some rough news for my team as Dalvin Cook gets injured uh, against the Chargers in what was a blowout win for the Vikings. And he is looking like he's going to be doubtful for Sunday's matchup, or Monday nights. They play Monday night against the Packers, so it looks like he's going to be doubtful in that one. doesn't look like he's going to play there. So obviously a significant loss for my team, even though I may be able to move on to championship uh, for the second straight season. For those of you uh, keeping track at home here. No one is. Uh, and this, you know, McCory's team, you know, is a cute little Cinderella story. One upset over Connor in the first round, uh, in case you forgot about that. You know, a few <laughs> weeks ago that did happen. Nope, we definitely didn't. Uh, uh, but this wanted to, you know, give a couple notes on his team. His leading score was his defense. Bill's defense finishes with 18 uh, against the Steelers. Uh, Leonard Fournette, Philip Lindsay, Robert Woods, Austin Hooper, and Jarvis Landry all scored under 10 points. And Fournette was the only one of that group that scored over five. And uh, just wanted to note that this was McCory's seventh week this season under 100 points. So, you know. Is he leading, leading the league in that category, or am I still beating him? Yeah, I don't know. I'm about to check uh, Chris's uh, scores and your scores, and, uh, Jordan's <laughs> scores, but it's probably pretty close. But, you know, McCory was talking a big game, you know, after his, his win over Connor. He probably thought his team was good because he got lucky against Connor. You know, he saw my team had some injuries and, you know, thought he was, you know, he was the big shot. ESPN, ESPN had him projected as the favorite, but, you know, my team just put him in his place for the second time this year. Fancy Gods just sent him packing. So not much else to say here. You guys got anything to add on that matchup? Yeah, I just want to add that uh, my team scored 149.2 points. So All right, yeah, nobody Rashad cares because, uh, you know, we didn't even his preview ACL, game last I would week. be in the finals. That's what would happen. We didn't even uh, talk about Connor's game last week against Joe because, you know, it didn't matter. So, you know, on this podcast, we usually just talk about things that matter. Um, so let's continue on here. Also wanted to note, you know, I did have Bashad Perriman on my bench. I noted him as the best pickup of the week last week, and he provided with three touchdowns, finishes with 32.1 points, and I uh, can hopefully do me some good as uh, you know one of my starting receivers this week. But uh, that does it for the Week 15 matchups. Actually, I'm just kidding. 
we had a few total <laughs> matchups that uh, we great. also had to get into. Good save. Good Forgot save. about that. You know, there are some people still duking it out in the losers no, bracket. Let's, let's just move on. And, no, uh, no, let's no. Look at our first we can play focus here. on this. In the upset victory, Jordan takes down Curtis, 117.1 to 90.4. Uh, only four players finished in double figures for Jordan, but Julio Jones gets 31.9 points and Mark Ingram with 23.1 to come up big. And uh, Saquon Barkley provided a big day for Curtis, but you know it wasn't quite enough. He gets 28.3 points, but some lackluster efforts. Melvin Gordon, I think he had a couple fumbles, 4.9 points. Julian Edelman, 1.9. Kenny Galladay, 5.9. Browns D, negative 5. Yeah, that's a rough one there for Curtis. Any any extra around. thoughts on that one? Well, the the debate I had was Miles Sanders or Raheem Mostert. The only solace I've got coming out of this week is that even if I flip-flopped those two, I still would have lost. Everyone else was locked in, which uh, you can debate, you know. Uh, David Blow, I'm pretty sure that's how you pronounce his name. <laughs> Living up to it. Kenny Galladay has just been, you know, the absolute anchor to my team in the worst way possible for the last few weeks. So that's where I'm uh, directing all my blame. My team sucks. Congratulations, Jordan. Yeah, Miles Sanders with a big day, 32.2 points. But as you know, it on your bench. But either way, it wouldn't have mattered. Looking at Jordan's team here, we mentioned the two top scorers, Jones and Ingram. Also had Keenan Allen with 14.4. Tom Brady, his other double-digit score, but kind of a lackluster effort, 12.8 points. But... Enough for Jordan to avoid that last place punishment. Obviously a disappointing season for Jordan, but at least he can rejoice in knowing that he's going to have to do anything crazy in the offseason. And our final matchup here of the week, we had Chris taking down Tristan. A real close one, 114.7 to 109.8. Patrick Mahomes and A.J. Brown, who you know I believe Chris traded for. What a great trade by Chris. They both finished with over 20 points. Mahomes with 22.7, Brown with 21.4. And it all came down to Jared Cook on Monday night for Tristan, and he fell just a little bit short. You know, Fucker. not a bad night, 7.4 points, but not quite what you're looking for. You know, Tristan, obviously a disappointing loss for you, but yeah, what do you got to say about this one? Yeah, this was a real tough one. First of all, you know, God, this fucking eats at me. Chris traded for A.J. Brown, who I had traded away with, I think, in the girly deal. And, you know, shrewd pickup for Chris, but still at the end of the day, it was a reach. He was praying that the guy was going to come around. And sure, the guy's oozing with talent, but it wasn't until Tannehill came in, took over center, and started tossing the rock a bit more that A.J. Brown really came into his own. So I'll give you credit. Good move there. But really, he wasn't going to start anyone else anyway, so it was really a thought and a prayer that, uh, that got him the win there. But what really eats at me is that Jared Cook couldn't get it done. And frankly, the fucking beast, Cole Beasley, lets me down. Five, $30 all million five dollar foot, man. Yeah, all five foot four of them couldn't get it done. And he was riding a hot streak, and I figured, you know what? Why not let it fly one more time? And if I had put in Devontae Freeman, I'd be riding this one out. Chris and Curtis would be meeting in the toilet bowl final. I'd be cruising with a joint in my mouth. And instead... <laughs> I just popped a, uh, I just popped an edible in misery, and I'm just waiting for this thing to fucking hit me like a Mack truck, so I can go to sleep and be out of my fucking misery. You know the trick of those edibles, you know, while you're waiting for it to hit, you got to have another one, you know. Yeah, you got to double up. You're like, cause... I don't feel anything. I should have another one. I should definitely have another right. one. Right. I don't feel right. anything. Yeah, I think I'm probably gonna go to, uh, toss another one in there in a couple minutes. 
So yeah, your misery has to continue for one more week now as you know, both of you looking to avoid a loss so you don't have to take on that to be determined last place punishment. You know, in a way, I kinda want to lose in the toilet bowl because winning in that, like not to mention that it's just, you know, like there's nothing to celebrate. But you're also just getting absolutely like dick out of it. You know, there's nothing going for you. So like even if, you know, I was to lose at least there's something else that's going to keep me busy and hopefully keep me alive over the next few months until football starts to back up again. You're well on the path to acceptance, Tristan. <laughs> I am. <laughs> so some definite optimism from Tristan here. But now that's going to do it for our Week 15 matchups. So now we can move on to our final week, Week 16, final week of the season. Uh, let's just quickly hit on the waivers here. Because uh, there wasn't much activity, only one move where anyone spent any money. And it was Tristan adding Mike Boone for $25, which was a great pickup. Great pickup. Tristan, I just got to say, you really fucked me. Because I love it. No one else bet on Mike Boone except me and Jerry. And I would have won him over Jerry. And I know, obviously, I mentioned before Dalvin Cook being out. Mike Boone uh, presumably going to be the starter if Cook is out. So, you know, you get to add Mike Boone for your piddly toilet bowl game. But while, you know, real guys are trying to battle it out in the championship and you're just, you know, I know Jerry's your good friend, but you really cucked me on that one. Yeah, well, you know, real guys also don't spend their fab budget blowing their load early in the season. And no, when it comes down to crunch time, <laughs> they're going to need some money to toss around. I blew my load on Mike Boone, knew that old uh, Ben Hazari, if he wasn't in the game bidding on a player he was going to be mine so yeah sure as shit you know in my head i had in my sights that i was going to fuck you on this waiver pickup and it happened and i'm so so proud of myself see now it's all coming back to me tuesday 11 20 a.m text from eric what's the tiebreaker if two people bid zero dollars on someone ah but see the thing is two people did bid zero dollars but someone else bid 25 thank you tristan see the you know I was going into it, I was like, well, I know McCory, he didn't even know he was in the third place game until I told him on Tuesday night. And Hovey, he never bids on anyone, so I knew neither of them were going to bid. So I was just, you know, praying that neither of Tristan or, or Curtis were going to make a bid for him. I figured, you know, Curtis, he's already got pretty good running backs, so uh, Mike Boone's not going to do him too much good. So it was really just down to Tristan, whether or not he was going to make a bid. I woke up in the middle of the night on Wednesday. Immediately grabbed my phone, got to see if I got Mike Boone. And, you know, there it was. Tristan dropped the hammer, $25. Went back to sleep with some tears in my eyes. But, uh, you know, hopefully Dalvin's able to go on Monday. But, you know, Mike Boone looking like he's going to be a real solid play. So a real nice pickup there for Tristan. But now that the waivers are done, we're into our matchups here. No Thursday night game this week, but we do have three games on Saturday. So uh, make sure you got your lineup set. Uh, Curtis and Tristan for the Saturday games. Jerry, make sure you don't set your lineup for Saturday. But uh, but first, let's get into our primetime matchup here. The Toilet Bowl. Now, for the moment you've all been waiting for, as the cheetah chases down an antelope, and immediately starts eating its butthole 
all things are inevitable. The toilet bowl is upon us. In a historic season where brothers became enemies, roommates became rivals, and everyone went out and purchased a bidet, we have finally arrived. Where the foolish and absent-minded focus on the championship, the real battle in the trenches takes place at the very bottom. All truly tested fantasy football veterans have experienced both the highest highs and the lowest lows. And this weekend, two managers will fight to determine who gets made fun of for the next nine months. It's time! In one corner, a former league winner, but no one cares about the past, just ask Jordan. One of the most naturally gifted beer pong players of our generation, but that won't help him this Sunday. If only fantasy football had more in common with refining crude oil, and we all know he's down with the thickness. It's Curtis Whittle! In the other corner, a relative league newcomer, but that doesn't stop him from posting memes on Discord. If the season was about who can find the best gift for any situation, he would have already won. Arguably, the spiciest podcast guest we've had on this season, and we had Hovey on three times. Last year, he finished his first regular season at the top, but this angel has fallen back down to earth. It's Tristan Mayer! <laughs> Wow, what a great introduction there from Connor for a phenomenal matchup here. As you know, Tristan taking on Curtis. The first Toilet Bowl title appearance for both owners here. Uh, Tristan, just your second year in the league here. Curtis, I think you're about five seasons in. So, uh, uncharted territory for both of you. And uh, you guys have met once this season in Week 9. A high-scoring week for both of you. Curtis takes home the win in that one. In week nine, 135.1 to 120.6. And uh, taking a look at the projections here, uh, Curtis projected once again for another high-scoring week, 128.5 to Tristan's 111.4. Uh, let's start with the highest-projected owner here, Curtis. Who, who are you liking in this one? I mean, I got to take myself. Um, but, you know, looking back on that previous matchup with Tristan, I think that might have been my high score all freaking year. It's been rough. And just like just like that week, I'm projected to have a nice week this this time around. Um, but I've got a lot of volatility. You know, Stefan Diggs has been doing dick all for me. Uh, I've actually benched Kenny Galladay uh, going back to that whole Stafford injury situation and just blowing all over the place. Uh, for the first time all year, I'm starting four running backs, and I'm not exactly sure how I feel about it, but it's out of desperation. I'm going for floor. Um, yeah, I just want to point out, too, you know, first time in the league since the 2014 season that I've not made the playoffs, and this is my comeuppance, me and Tristan. Yeah, actually, uh, um, I see that you've kind of uh, – you made a nice little graph of uh, the last, I guess, six fantasy years. Could you tell us a little bit about what this graph shows? And maybe we'll post it later in the Discord. Oh, it definitely deserves posting. It's uh, it's pretty enlightening, especially all of you, uh, you know, that have a, a deep-rooted resentment towards the Erickson family. Let me illuminate the facts. I would say be... Scandinavians in general. Really. <laughs> in general, yeah. Um <laughs> Let's see. So this uh, tabulated up from 2014, wins and losses. 
not not the best measure of fantasy success, as Eric will have you know. You know, he he tends to uh, to 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 set his crutch on his back to back playoff uh, berths, which uh, like you know he pretends like it's some kind of some kind of badge of fantasy honor, uh, making it at six and seven in 2018 and going all the way to the final only to get second place. You know, always the bridesmaid. Uh, but we've got – I've sorted teams by winning percentage since 2014. No surprise, Connor, Jerry, and I all tied 49 and 31. No surprise. Cumulative record for a 61.3% winning percentage. I mean, there's really nothing else. Connor, I mean, the floor is yours. I've got nothing else to say. The record stands. Look, you know, um, I, I believe in good data, and uh, I think the data here tells a great story. It tells an accurate story, and it just goes to show you that, yes, you know, there actually are good players at fantasy football, and it's not all about luck. You can see trends in the data, and the trend is that me, Jerry, and Curtis have the biggest dick. Exactly. Uh, you know, it's a good, you know, 9 to 17 inches on a good night definitely. Uh, for all three of us, and that's not combined for the record. Um, but I, I gotta say I am on the downturn, hence my matchup with Tristan. Tristan's, you know, he's, he's middle of the pack. He's got a perfect 50%, uh, winning percentage, big ups to him. That's, uh, that's about what Connor and I did our first years in the league as well. I don't know, Connor 10 and four, 2014 and 2015. So back to the glory days there. We'll move on since you two have fallen. Um, we've got Ben in, in second place at 55%. So obviously I want to point out that big gap between tier one and tier two of fantasy GMs. Uh, then we've got Joe. Yeah. I mean, a little better than mediocre. Over but 50%. I really, over 50%, you know, big ups to the guy. He talks a lot of smack. He can, mm-hmm. you know, back it up on a good year. Then we've got Eric, 47 and a half percent. Wow. I, can I have a few words here? Is it my turn no, to talk? No, you're not up yet. No, he's not allowed. I mean, is it the Eastern Conference, fucking people with a losing record getting the playoffs. I mean, you guys can, you know, get your get your boners hard about wins, but you know, I think the truer <laughs> test to fantasy football skill would be points scored. We noted out earlier in the year when McCory, you know, he started off hot, got lucky in a couple of wins. So you know, he's talking about how good his team is. I tried to shoot him up uh, with a bet for who would score more points. And, you know, he obviously just backed away, curled up in the fetal position and his little cave he's living down there, wherever he's at. Uh, so, you know, the last two seasons I've been, uh, you know, the number three in points scored. Obviously not the top of the league, but uh, pretty high up there. I think if you were to look at points scored over this stretch of time, uh, you would see my name up towards, uh, you know, up towards the top of the list. Yeah, well, but, Eric, uh, we're not looking. We at could take a look. And, you know, <laughs> we're looking at your forty-seven. You no, know, I got one more thing. Percentage. One more thing to say. I, you know, Curtis and Connor, I think it's funny you guys even consider yourself in the same vein as Jerry. I mean, Jerry's been the top-scoring t- team two years in a row. You guys are just like Curtis. You're not even in the playoffs this year, Connor. Like, what have you done the last two years except just uh, have disappointing ends to your season? Well, that's the thing is I that mean, we're looking at a graph going back six years. So you're taking two years out of six years. And, you know? Jerry is just laughable. I mean, like, even look at Jerry's wins and losses: ten and three in 2016, nine and five in 2015. I yeah, mean, but you know, in 2017, he was a five and eight. You know, uh, he was the highest scoring team too. He was six and eight. I mean, it's just comical. You guys even think of yourself in the same vein as him. But you know, guys, go on with your cute little uh, chart you put together. I'm sure you put a lot of time in it, so I'll let you take the floor. 
Sorry, yeah, Eric, were you talking? I, I couldn't hear you down there uh, below me in this chart. So if you were, uh, I apologize. <laughs> Nothing like coming in in my first year and just putting the massive mushroom stamp on your league forehead. <laughs> I mean, uh, do, we, do we remember what place what you are, got you that know, season? I think you might have been eliminated in the semifinals. And uh, I don't know if you yeah, but it's not about third. wins, okay, Eric? Yeah, remember, remember. It's not it, about wins, Eric. I mean, let's look at the points scored. I mean, you guys can keep talking, but I'm gonna look at the points scored from last season to see. No, how you but that, that's just one season. You're not understanding the point of a data set. I mean, Tristan's only been years, two years, a small six sample years size of historic data that Curtis has, you know, carefully presented in an Excel file, and it's beautiful. And yeah, sure, we should definitely check out the points scored, but that doesn't take away from the fact that you are below fifty percent over the last six years. I mean, come on, man, you're on a podcast. I mean. I mean, I don't. I mean, wins and losses, it's whatever. I'll be, I mean, I'll be in the championship again this year. If, if in case you forgot, you know, as we had earlier, and you know, me and Connor, we, we made a bet earlier before the show. You know, we were talking before the pod. You know, because we're big wigs like that, and um, you know, I bet Connor that I'd win a title before him, not counting throwing out this year. And so I was like, all right, name the number. What do you want to bet? Thinking, you know, all right, maybe he'll throw out a hundred bucks, maybe two hundred. You know, maybe he's feeling real spicy. What does he? What number does he throw out, Connor? Connor, what number did you say? So the first thing I asked you, how much money do you have in your bank account? No, you did, no, that was not yes, the I first did. question you that asked was the me. First you threw thing. out yep, the number first. Exactly what was the what number you threw out? Yep, and then you backed up from. What that was the number there. you threw out? All right, maybe we'll just keep it small ball. You know, I know, you know, uh, Eric's got, you know, he's got a kid on the way. I'm not really sure how much money he can he can bet like this. So I said twenty bucks. You laughed at my wrong, face. Wrong. And then I said two k. So Connor didn't ask how much money I had in my bank at first. He said. Ten dollars. Okay, what? So I definitely shows, didn't say ten dollars. I said Curtis, twenty dollars. Back me up here. Okay. Curtis? No, I was definitely not paying attention to uh, to mommy and daddy fighting before the podcast. <laughs> so it was ten dollars. So that just shows Con- Connor is only ten dollars confident that he would be able to win a championship for me. Well, Don't lie to our hoping, audience. I was willing to throw out whatever. Hundred. We're a growing podcast. Five hundred. Okay. Whatever he wanted to bet, I would have put. We're it all about there. truth and transparency in the EIG. But anyways. I'll let you guys have the floor. Talk about your cute little sheet. Yeah, but you got anything more to say? Okay, mommy stops talking because that's <laughs> obviously Eric. Uh, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna move on. We're gonna move on to just you know pointing out the basement dwellers of the league. Absolutely. It's, you know, there. I just saw a, a brilliant poll on the league homepage. Everybody should go check it out. Oh, it dude, should, I, you know, it should be a <laughs> unanimous decision. Um, can I talk yeah, about that for one second? Yeah, up? please do. So I put a poll up on the ESPN page back in November and <laughs> no one, I didn't tell anyone and I voted myself. I thought it was funny. You know, just, you know, that's what you do when you're single. You just make fucking polls on ESPN. But oh my God, dude, all of a sudden I check it today and there's a second vote. <laughs> and I just started laughing so hard. I just made a third vote and there's no option to check check how other people have voted it's still you oh you voted too <laughs> <laughs> oh that's great uh, uh speaking of basement dwellers chris has the longest tenure 43.8 winning percentage uh second last to only andrew mccory who's really got to step up his game at 42.3 percent win win percentage uh i mean we beat on these guys way too much you know i i, I feel a little a little guilty. There should be a shelter for uh, badger people like this. One one quick comment though, Chris, in 2015, his only season above 500. Wow, that's a long track record of mediocrity. Not too much surprise on that one, but you know, one surprise though is someone who has the exact same winning percentage as Chris is Spencer. 
going back six years, which I found a little shocking. I always assume that Spencer, I feel like he always he always knows his stuff. Maybe he's just doing too many crazy draft strategies. Yeah, you know, boom or bust strategies, obviously, this year. Uh, well, clearly the data shows that bust. it's just only a bust. Yeah, you never know. You know, I mean, you guys love to talk about the past. It's 2014, 10-4, and four, but uh, no championship there. True. But, you know, what, we, we talked enough about the past here. We got a we got a matchup coming up between our mind, you know, Curse gloating about his win percentage. He is in the toilet bowl against Tristan. Uh, Tristan, let's hear for you. We've heard enough from these guys. They've talked too much. Uh, what do you, who do you like in this matchup? Well, you know, I'm, I'm really going to go off of this kind of opposite theory that you guys had going on this season with uh, with Connor and Chris. And I'm going to think that that's going to come back and do me well in this matchup, having lost to uh, to Curtis by 15 earlier in the season. You know, I think it's my time. Like we talked about before, those ESPN projections are bullshit anyway. Matt Ryan in the chin is just going to come out firing against Jacksonville. I'm in the same uh, or similar boat as uh, as Curtis running three running backs out there. I just couldn't stomach having Le'Veon Bell go up against his his former team, even at home, you know, the jets. And I talked about it earlier in the season. I was high on them. I was high on Darnold, but boy, have they just shit on my face. Uh, he's not really going to do much for me, but you know, to what we were talking about just a second ago, I fucked you with Boone. <laughs> and I really hope that he's going to shove that in your face. And I'm going to get rock fucking hard off that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I may, I may just send you a dick pic, uh, you know, if Mike Boone goes off, so be ready for that, Eric. Um, but yeah, out. yeah, I think uh, I think I'm gonna take it. I love my matchups. Uh, the only one that I'm really a little hesitant on is Singletary, but the dude is explosive, and uh, New England has struggled against the run. I mean, the the man Joe Mixon ran for like 130 on them recently. So yeah, I'm thinking Singletary can pull it off. It'll be a great matchup. Uh, you know, Buffalo is is pretty hot right now, so uh, I like my odds and I like my team. I actually think that – I mean, it's unfortunate you have to do it, but I actually think benching Le'Veon Bell is the right decision here. I mean, Pittsburgh has a great defense, and mm-hmm. like you said, the Jets have definitely not been the team we thought they were. And I, that's got to be tough, right? That's one of your you know, one of your big names, putting them on the bench for the total bowl. I mean, that oh, is, it's, that is it's tough. hard. It's hard, you know, and rolling, rolling Boone out there, although he had, you know, one good game, putting a lot of faith in the guy, putting a lot of faith in peanut brittle T.Y. Hilton. So, uh, you know, we'll see what comes of this. But, yeah, to your point, traded a lot for Le'Veon Bell, and uh, he's on my bench. And this last gasp I have to keep my season alive. All right, Connor, let's talk some sense into this matchup. Who are you taking? Gosh, you know, actually, before the podcast, I was definitely leaning Curtis. Um, but I think Tristan actually makes a couple good points. He actually does have a couple really good matchups. T.Y. Hilton, Mike Williams, uh, Matt Ryan, all with juicy, juicy matchup. Even Golden Tate against the Redskins. But at the same time, you know, I actually I look at Curtis's team, and I actually don't understand why this guy is in the toilet bowl. I mean, if you just look at the positional rankings, which is something I clearly do often, I mean, all of his starters are within like the top 20, 25. So it's kind of nuts if you really think about it, that he's basically starting an RB1 or or, uh, RB2 or wide receiver one or wide receiver two at all of his skill positions. He's got Russell Wilson as the third highest quarterback. Like it's just kind of unfortunate that he finds himself in this situation. So I think he's the natural favorite. ESPN projections are garbage, but I think I'm still going to go with Curtis. I'm going with Curtis as well. You know, I, I kind of got to agree. Before the total started, I would have said that, you know, 
Curtis is the least likely team to find himself uh, taking on the last place punishment. It's a little bit of a surprise that he is in this situation. And uh, Tristan, on uh, when we started the playoffs, I predicted you to end up being the Toyopal champion. So uh, I got to stick stick with my guns here and uh, hope you're taking on a little last place punishment once the season's over. But hey, you know, that's why we play. We, we, that's how we put it on the field and uh, let the players do the talking. Yeah, uh, and you know, like we're talking about, it's not. It's not always about a, a little chode contest with wins. It's not always about a little chode contest with points. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, whatever happens on the field happens on the fucking field. Yep. It's not a chode measuring contest, like you said. It's head to head. It's tip to tip. It's tip to tip. <laughs> Let's go. We got a we got a Chinese finger trap on our dicks right now, <laughs> and we're going at it. And plenty of eyes will be on that trap. This weekend, as we're watching to see <laughs> who is going to be the uh, recipient of that to be determined last place punishment. So that's going to be a great matchup in the toilet bowl this weekend. Uh, and before we preview our championship matchup, we got a few announcements from our commission. Absolutely. So I just kind of want to uh, you know announce a couple things. It's it's more of the same. So this Saturday we're doing our. Um, end of season meetup at Art Marble 21 at 6 p.m. Should be a lot of fun. Please bring your plus ones. Uh, I think we're going to have a pretty decent turnout. I know of two players who won't be able to make it, but one's going to come late. That's you, Joe. Um, should be a good time. I'm buying the first round. And actually today, because I was just kind of curious, um, I actually reached out to Art Marble 21 to see if, uh, you know, because, you know, I was checking out the location. Um, you know, essentially Eric threw it out there as a possibility. I've never been there. And I was like, oh, let's see what, you know, kind of place Eric recommends. And they actually offer events. So I reached out to the owner or whoever it is, the manager, asking about, hey, like we had 14 people, you know, like could we maybe, you know, book an event. That'd be sweet. And they come back to me with a quote for $750. <laughs> so we will not be doing an event there. We're just going to fucking show up. So good luck finding a seat. We'll put some tables together. We'll mix it up. Uh, it should be a grand time. Also, I think that because we have, you know, two awesome players in the toilet bowl, you know, I think we can definitely talk about some of their skill sets. Um, I would say both of theirs, both Curtis. Actually, you know what? This is what I'm going to say. I think Tristan has a much more um, a skill set. It's favoring on the verbal side of things, while you know, Curtis, I think, is more, um, you know, written word. So maybe we'll say, hey, if Curtis wins, we'll do, a, you know, a, a children's book. Maybe if Tristan wins, he'll try to become a rapper. Who knows what we're going to talk about it. And we'll definitely have – I don't know if we can decide it. Maybe we will. Um, maybe we'll figure it out at least for uh, whichever person loses this toilet bowl game. But we will definitely talk about the last place punishment um, at this Art Marble 21 um, location and it will be a grand time uh, i'll be there so i'll see you on saturday yep uh, i'm sure everyone is fired up for that one i know i am so thanks for those announcements connor but now let's get into our championship preview the top two seeds number one seed jerry taking on yours truly the number two seed uh, we already know jerry's gonna win all right good preview good done. Well, I got, up. got lots to get to here you know kind of wrote down the story of the season for both teams some, oh some do we care facts. oh i want to hear jerry's story though uh so for Jerry, this is we mentioned earlier, this is his second championship appearance. In twenty thirteen, he fell to Joe in a close one, ninety-five point four to ninety-three point one. And uh for me, this is my fourth title appearance, second time making back to back finals. Um so far 0 three in championship matchups. In two thousand ten, I fell eighty four point nine when? to seventy eight point three to Mitchell, <laughs> two thousand ten. Two thousand two thousand ten. How many Jesus. Wow, okay. I mean like cool. 
How old were you in 2010, Eric? Uh, we're going to keep going on here. In 2011, I wait, wait, fell 137.3 to 128.9 to Joe. 2011? Is that when you graduated high school, Eric? It was. Uh, and, and was 20... there an ESPN app back then? Last year, here you go, Curtis. Last year, I don't know what you were doing, but I was in the championship, uh, and I fell to oh, Jordan. Yeah, oh, I fell to Jordan. So, wait, so you lost the championship. 11.2. Uh, but a, a nice note here, uh, for the fourth straight year, the EIG will have a first-time champion. Uh, unless we tie. And I don't know what happens there. But, um, and so for Eric's great appearance in the championship, it'll end in a loss. Yeah, the story of the decade isn't really that Baby Yoda is the being of the decade. The story of the decade is that Eric Erickson has a 0% winning percentage <laughs> in the championship. That is true. I own three so far. Uh, you know, people love. I got. I got one more stat for you guys. You know, people love to shit on the Ericsons. Um, no, know, just you. I see why. Just because we're so dominant in fantasy football. And uh, looking back, dating back to two thousand nine, the first year that the league history goes back to on ESPN. Uh, and Erickson has been in the championship eight times. So out of eleven years, ten years. Eight times, and Erickson has been in the face football championship. What this shows that uh, you know, Ralph Erickson, obviously an incredible father, just breeding fantasy football savants. So what you're telling me though is that you're backpacking off of Joe's success of getting into the finals <laughs> five times to your three and four, winning. Four, put some respect on him in the championship. Sorry, this year. Four, four times and winning. Yeah, to your... most of those. I think all of them. But uh, let's not talk about Joe's accomplishments here. He's, you know, obviously just well, he's got a lot dominated more than by you Connor. Do. Uh, anyways, uh, Jerry and, and myself, we did match up once this weekend, and it was a, a disappointing performance for my team, a dominating performance for Jerry uh, in week nine. Jerry won 142.1 to 89.4. So a blowout victory there. Hopefully not a repeat performance this weekend. But uh, broke down, you know, the story of each each uh, participant season. Let's start with Jerry here. Uh, looking back at the draft, Jerry spent forty seven dollars on Nick Chubb and forty on Tyreek Hill. Uh, his receivers, obviously, a big part of that. Hill included. He spent twenty dollars on Tyler Lockett, Tyler Lockett, and nineteen on Cooper Cup. Some nice value there. Um, some significant misses. Thirty dollars combined on Curtis Samuel and AJ Green. Uh, AJ Green obviously did not play this season. Curtis Samuel. I don't believe it's no longer on his roster. But Lamar Jackson, the fantasy MVP, number one scorer, and Darren Waller, obviously a top tight end. Both of those players drafted for a dollar. So some huge value for Jerry there out of the draft. Uh, Jerry actually fell in his first game of the season, losing to Spencer before winning three straight. He then fell in week five to Joe to go to two and three, or three and two, excuse me, um, before going on a massive winning streak, six straight wins, before falling to Spencer once again in Week 12. So Spencer with two victories over Jerry this season. And uh, as we noted, in the semis, he beat Hobie. He also beat Hobie in the regular season finale to wrap up the number one seed. Um, so three victories over Hobie this season um, as he finished as the highest scoring team for the second straight year. Um, Jerry did not make any trades this season. He was one of only three owners not to do so, joining Curtis and Jordan. And he made just 28 roster moves, which was uh, puts him in eighth place for the season. 
I mean, he arguably, I think, and it's pretty clear, maybe you don't even need to argue. I think he by far had the best draft. I mean, like I said earlier, I mean, his starting lineup this week is basically identical to who he drafted. In fact, he actually had a bunch of great pickups, too, and he just has like a revolving flex spot. I mean, his team's been dominant for a reason. He fucking killed the draft, and all of us have been paying the price. Yeah, I think it's hard to argue. I mean, Lamar Jackson, Darren Waller for a dollar. I mean, you can just kind of stop there. That almost gives them the best draft. Right, right, but like Nick Chubb, James White, Tariq Hill, Cooper Cup, and Tyler Lockett, those are five guys you just fucking play every week, right? Yeah, for sure. And Cooper Cup for only 19 bucks, so a huge value there. Um, yeah, a great draft for Jerry. And obviously, it resulted in success for him, as we've mentioned already. He's been the highest-scoring team for two straight seasons, both times earning first-round buys. But last season, I knocked out Jerry in the semifinals, 101.9 to 70.5 so hoping for another upset this week as we take on the finals but you know overall it's been a dominating uh season for jerry i don't know if there's much else to say there and obviously you guys don't have anything else to say so let's move on you know the story everybody wants to hear obviously is the story of my team um i mean are you aren't you guys just on the edge of your seats right now i'm actually on the toilet i'm taking shit all right, so you know some great things to listen to while Get you're ready for the toilet bowl. Let's start with the draft. Uh, you know, I spent most of my money early on in the draft, uh, acquiring Delvin Cook, Travis Kelsey, David Johnson, and Aaron Jones for a combined total of one hundred sixty-nine dollars. Wood, Robert Woods was my last big bid for nineteen dollars, um, but I was able to get some nice value late in the draft. John Brown for two dollars and Devontae Parker for a dollar. So you know, while Curtis was drafting his third quarterback and uh, finishing in the toilet bowl. I was, you know, nagging some value at wide receiver, getting John Brown and Devontae Parker, uh, in case you forgot. Third uh, quarterback, a.k.a. Russell Wilson. So, uh, you know, it worked. Obviously worked out real well for your team, as you know, fine for last place. But uh, I digress. Let's, let's, you know, let's continue with the more important story here on uh, my team in the championship, in case you forgot. I uh, started off the season 2-0 and before falling to Hobie in week three. Then I reeled off five straight before back-to-back losses to jerry and connor but bounced back from that two game losing streak to end the year on a three game winning streak to lock up that number two seed and you know it's been you know some some crazy roster movement for me this year uh, i believe i lead the league in transactions at uh over 60 now um 66 total moves uh prior to week five i dealt aaron jones and deontay johnson to ben for Odell beckham and uh, end up turning Beckham around the next week for Sonny Michelle and Damian Williams. Obviously, that one did not work out for me. And uh, I spent $52 on David Johnson. That was my highest pick. Um, his last relevant week was week six, and I dropped him this week. So he's no longer a part of my team after playing a big role early on. Um, but some nice pickups for me. DJ Chark for $0 after week one. As you remember, you know, Connor has just blown his load about how good Terry McLaurin is. And, uh, he's spent good, dude. dollars on him while well, I got DJ Chark for zero. And, you know, in Connor's most important game of the season, didn't play Terry McLaurin and uh, bit him in the ass, uh, in case you forgot. And I also picked up Michael Gout for $2 prior to week five. And uh, I'm not sure about this one. I might have to confirm this uh, with some sources, but a rumor says that uh, uh, Eric once spent $90 on Daryl Henderson. Um, but I don't, I don't know if that's true or not. Yeah, let's let's have a conversation because I kind of feel like this is one of your therapy sessions. 
we were just kind of talking and everyone else is listening. Look, I think it's crazy how you look at Jerry's team who built his team in the draft. Your team is entirely different. You built your team with trades and pickups. And yeah, Jerry had a couple great pickups, Chase Edmonds included. But it's just kind of nuts how we have the two finalists have totally built their squads differently. And maybe, you know, you wouldn't have to build your squad by trading and picking people up if you had a better draft, right? But you obviously saw some problems with your team. You're like, dude, I got to get rid of Aaron Jones, right? This guy sucks. And you traded him away and you got, you know, fucking who knows back. But it's just kind of nuts to see how there are definitely two different kinds of managers at play here. Yeah, so I'm uh, not sure about that analysis there, but uh, let's move on to our picks here. That's what everyone wants to hear. You know, they know that we're the fantasy savants, so they want to know our opinions on who we think is going to take down this, the I believe, the 11th EIG title. And uh, Jerry... With Dalvin Cook now being out, most likely, he's projected a significant favorite here, 123 to 105.6. And uh, I hate to do it, but I'm going to pick against myself here. I'm going to go with Jerry. I think, That's you know, disgusting. As, as we've mentioned here, he's he has the better team. Absolutely. And, uh, especially with Dalvin Cook out. And I think with Cook in, I was uh, definitely an underdog, but maybe not uh, significant. But now with him likely going out, Tristan just, you know, absolutely screwed me over, stealing Mike Boone from under my arms, not being able to get him. You know, my starting running backs right now are Sony Michelle and Damian Williams. Uh, nothing to uh, write home about. And uh, while I really like my receivers this week, I mentioned Brashad Perriman earlier. Now with Godwin being out, him being the number one, one, number one wide receiver against Houston, a good matchup there. Devontae Parker obviously been great all season. Uh, potentially DJ Chark coming back against the Falcons or even Michael Gallup against Philly. Some nice matchups at receiver, but um, I just don't think I'm going to have enough to take down Jerry, but I hope I'm wrong on this one. But Connor, who do you like in this? Oh, dude, I mean, Jerry's going to win. And not only that, but I hope he does because it will shut your ass up. You keep on talking about getting second places. Well, you're about to get a fourth second place. We're all going to call you the Buffalo Bills from now on. All right, Curtis, who, who are you taking? Dude, Tristan and my teams will both outscore yours this week. <laughs> I'll, I'll put, put 10 on that. on that. I'll put 10 on that. I mean, I honestly wouldn't be that surprised. So I can't even really argue against you on that one. Dude, it's so ridiculous that you're not confident right now. It kind of, I think it's terrible, man. I mean, you got to have mm-hmm. confidence in the face of adversity. I mean, I do not want to go into battle with you. I mean, you know, Dalvin Cook, he's really carried me the whole season, obviously not having him in the most important game. A big bummer. I mean, this week, if I could – not play any running backs and just play receivers. I would like my team a lot better, but you know, obviously I got to play two of them. So, um, Sonny Michelle, he had a decent week last week, but I can't say I'm real confident in him. And, uh, Damien Williams, who knows if he even, if he's going to play. And even if he does, how much work he's going to get, I might have to ride on, rely on him. I have to rely on Boston Scott as my number two running back. Like I mean, I'm getting pretty desperate here, but you know, I never know, you know, anything can happen. Uh, Jordan I mean, did real, win a, a the game in the Toilet Bowl. So. Week, the real attraction this week is the Toilet Bowl because this Fuck will yeah. not be a matchup. This will be nothing to yeah, watch. Yeah, talk about game of the week. Yeah. All right, Tristan. I, I think I know who you're going to pick in this one, sadly, but uh, but give it to me. Yeah, Jerry's just going to smack the fuck out of you. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, Jerry's going to win it. And uh, the bummer is that we're going to hear again next year regardless of where you finish that you have made it to the championship four times and we're going to have an argument over you being zero and four in the championship just because 
you're going to want to make a point out of how many times an Erickson has made it to the end. But really, there's no success in that. If if I win this week in what is the game of the week between Curtis and myself, let's just you know correct that and make sure that that's noted. Game of the week this week. If I win, I'll have the same fucking winning percentage as you in the championship, and I have never been there. <laughs> that that is true and uh pretty sad to say but uh i will go go home with a little extra cash in my pocket that's all i i guess i can uh rest my laurels on right now and what uh, cash dude it's about bragging rights and talking and you never shit. know anything can happen like you guys said it's i it's, got a job to make cash it's, it's dude. i don't play fantasy to make cash it's not a showed measuring contest you know we're, we're putting it on the field and, and seeing what happens so uh we'll just have to see you know what what happens this weekend starting on Saturday, three games on Saturday. So some big matchups going down there. Lots of fantasy implications on the line. Uh, one more thing I wanted to add here before we wrap up. Uh, our resident bookie, Joe, uh, he never gets much action on his bets, but he does post the odds. He posted game lines for both uh, the toilet bowl matchup and the championship matchup. Uh, let's start with the toilet bowl. Curtis is significant favorite in this one. Listed at minus 350. Um, that meaning, for those of you who are noobs at betting, that means you have to bet $350 to win 100 And Tristan, the underdog, listed at plus 250. Meaning that Value. Meaning that Value. If, you bet, if you bet 100 Value. on Tristan, you would win $250. So, obviously, yeah, you're going well, with the underdog, but some if nice I wanted value to there. Take, if I wanted to take betting advice from somebody with a... a Fifty-four percent or higher win percentage in the EEIG since 2014. I wouldn't call Joe. I'd call Ben, Connor, Jared, or myself. So, suck it, Joe. And uh, our championship game odds: Jerry, the favorite here, listed at minus two thirty-five, and uh, myself, the underdog, at plus one eighty. You know, generous. I'm, I'm thinking, you know, Tristan, we should just lay a two-game parlay on the two underdogs here, plus 180, plus 250, see what kind of odds Joe gives us here, see if we can work some magic. Get back to us, Joe. <laughs> yeah, Joe, let's let us know what the odds are on that parlay uh, there. We're going to have to plug it into the parlay calculator, see what we can get on that one. I feel like those odds should be switched. I feel like Jerry's going to smack Eric, and the toilet bowl will be kind of close, but that's just my Agreed. Agreed. You know, yep. You know, Connor, why don't you, you know, like, uh, whip your dick out of your pants instead of trying to bet ten dollars on something like you know, actually lay some money on the line and take up Joe on his odds. Then that's just a straight lie, dude. I don't even know how to respond to someone making up shit and then trolling on shit. What is this college? <laughs> All right, you know, as Connor hides in his cave, puts his you know, tucks his chode into his pants. Uh, that's gonna do it for this episode of Questionable for Sunday. Uh, Curtis and Tristan. Thank you again. No, phenomenal, phenomenal performance on the podcast. Thanks for stopping by. You guys are awesome. Time. Yes. Thank you, can, host. Can you really tuck a chode into a pair of pants, though? You slip. I don't it. think that's the right verb. Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. I, I wouldn't know. Not, not that I would know. Not that you do, Connor. Damn it, dude! I'm just. I was thinking the exact same thing when you said tuck. I'm like, yeah, you can't really tuck. Let's it. ask Connor that question because I would not. Shouldn't know. answer that. Walk but. Uh, you know, who really cares for Connors to think because he's just playing Joe again in a meaningless game because he got eliminated in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, for those of you that forgot. Um, but let's let's end on that note. Let's wrap up today's episode of the podcast. Curtis and Tristan, thank you once again. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you next week.
Yep. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, Joe, if you could get back to us on that uh, on that parlay, that'd be great. I don't know what kind of money Eric uh, has laying around since he clearly doesn't have enough to buy condoms. But uh, let us know. <laughs> and uh, really looking forward to that parlay. <laughs> and on that note, see you next week. <laughs>